Welcome to the Wonder by the Word podcast, where we walk through the Bible chronologically in a year. I'm your host, Brittany Rust, and on this podcast, I break down our daily readings from the Wonder by the Word reading plan and community so that we can all have better theology and grow in our faith. In case you're just now finding us, the Wonder by the Word plan can be found on version or on my website. Wonder by the Word is sponsored by Truth and Grace Ministries. Learn more at BrittanyRust.com. Hello and welcome to day 29 of the Wondered by the Word podcast and reading plan. We are kicking off this week in Genesis chapters 38 through 40. Now we ended last week with the selling of Joseph into slavery by his brothers. Now for a moment, we are going to pivot from Joseph over to his older brother, Judah. Now you might be wondering, why are we taking a break from Joseph when we're just getting started? so that we can examine a brother. And why this brother and not the other brothers? Now, a good answer to that is Judah is the brother line whom God decides to bring Jesus from. It's not Joseph, and it's not the older brother Reuben. Remember, Reuben slept with his father's concubine. And the second and third oldest brothers killed all those men in Shechem, leaving Judah the fourth son. And what we're going to see about Judah is that while he wasn't particularly good or godly, God chose to use his seed for Christ. Let's take a look at what chapter 38 says about him. Now, Judah marries a Canaanite woman named Shua. Now, right off the bat, Judah shouldn't have married a Canaanite woman in the first place. It was something his forefathers were strict about, remember? But he does, and they have three sons. The oldest, Er, marries a Canaanite woman as well, and her name is Tamar. And verse 7 tells us that Er was so wicked that the Lord put him to death. As was a custom of the time, Tamar, his wife, is given to the younger brother, Onan, in marriage. The tradition was the younger brother would have children with the widowed wife, and those children would be the older deceased brother's heirs. Now, Onan isn't a fan and purposely avoids impregnating Tamar. And what does God do? He strikes him dead as well for his evil act. So that's two of Judah's sons that have been struck dead because of their evil. Now, there is one more brother, but he is too young for marriage. So Judah Judah promises Tamar that when the boy is older, she can marry him, Shelah. Except Shelah grows up and Judah doesn't lead or make a step to make the marriage happen. So Tamar seizes an opportunity to get pregnant by Judah. Now you might be wondering, why would she do that? Why didn't she marry someone else? And the answer to that is, Judah was her covering and leader. She married who and when he said, and there was no inclination a marriage was happening anytime soon. Um, So without, and honestly, without a husband or a child, she would have no one to care for her in old age. So she gets pregnant without Judah knowing it's her, but eventually it comes to light and she has twins, Perez and Zerah. It's Perez God chooses to continue through to bring about the Messiah. And what's so interesting is that in Matthew's gospel, when he traces the genealogy of Christ, he only mentions four women, all unlikely candidates. One pretended to be a prostitute. One was a prostitute. One was a Moabite and the other had an affair. But I submit to you that this shows us that God uses the most unlikely people to accomplish his will. 
Now back to Joseph. When we find him in chapter 39, Joseph has been sold to an Egyptian named Potiphar, who was captain of the guard for Pharaoh. Now four times in this chapter, and I mention it now because it happens first in verse two, four times it mentions that the Lord was with Joseph. And three of those times it mentions success followed. And this is an important note to make, that success follows where God is. So make note of this. Our plans, don't make, our plans don't make success, his do. But we do see the faithfulness of Joseph, and it's one of the things I love about his story. Against all odds, he perseveres. We see this in service to Potiphar. Joseph found favor with the man so much that Potiphar has favor for Joseph and puts him in charge of all he has. Verse 6 says that Potiphar had no concern except for the food he ate. Because Joseph took care of everything so well. Yet even in his faithfulness, Joseph would be hit from out of nowhere. And this part of the story has really been um, just like a encouragement to me in hard times in the past. Because being hit out of nowhere when you feel like you're doing all the right things and someone you trust, you know, that can be really painful. But it's, you know, sometimes things like that happen and it's not and indication of, you know, you did something wrong, but just people make choices that affect you. And we see that in this, this section of the text that Potiphar's wife, she attempts to seduce him. Yet Joseph was a man of integrity and he refused her. But what does she do? She gets upset and she claims Joseph attempted to sleep with her without consent, Um, but she scared him off, right? So Potiphar puts Joseph into prison. And by the end of the chapter, Joseph has once again found favor. The keeper of the prison puts Joseph in charge of everything there. But a side note, the prison came under the authority of the captain of the guard, um, which was Potiphar. So it's unlikely Potiphar believed his wife, yet, you know, he had to do something. But I do want to make an observation here. Joseph came from a prosperous family and was the apple of his father's eye, right? But all that changed in one day. His brothers cast him away and he was taken far from home to serve another family. Yet Joseph flourished there, becoming head of the household. He was faithful to honor this family and God gave him favor. But then he was falsely accused by the wife and sent to prison. While there, God again gave Joseph favor and eventually he was elevated to a leadership role. He was a prisoner granted authority over a justice system because God gave him success. Now, if I had been in Joseph's position, Every curveball would have been a tidal wave of of discouragement, doubt, and wavering. Having those thoughts of, you know, but I did the right thing and it didn't work out. So what's the point? But Joseph, he didn't falter. He persisted in faithfulness. And because he was faithful where God had him, no matter how bleak and hopeless the circumstances were, God showed Joseph immense favor and success. Many of us look at going from a comfortable home to slavery and then to prison as a continual demotion, you know, a drifting further and further from the dream. Remember that dream he had, you know, years ago? How could a prisoner ever hope to lead others in an impactful way? But God was up to something else. He was moving Joseph closer to the dream. He was opening doors Joseph never could have opened in a million attempts on his own. And we'll learn more about that tomorrow, actually. Now, moving on to chapter 40, Joseph is in prison, okay? And and also in prison are two of Pharaoh's employees, the cupbearer and the baker. 
They both have a dream and Joseph notices they both look sad one day and he questions why. And this is just one other aspect of the story that shows what kind of integrity this man had. You know, he is in prison and has been treated unfairly by so many, his family, people he trusted, his employers, yet his heart remains soft and he cares about others. And I'm drawn to this theme to stay soft, even when others hurt me and things don't go my way. You know, heartache doesn't have to lead to a hard heart. And Joseph shows us that. And so he hears the dreams of these two men and and he interprets them. And essentially one dreams of being executed and the other dreams of being released. They don't understand that, but that's what Joseph interprets. And he interprets correctly. The cupbearer is released three days later and the baker is hanged. And the chapter concludes with the words, and these are so heavy, but it says that the cupbearer forgot Joseph. And that's how we're going to end today. But I want to promise you it does get better. So come back tomorrow and we're going to see Joseph rise. Hey friends, thank you so much for listening to Wonder by the Word. We are so grateful that you are here and I really pray that this episode left you with nuggets of wisdom that you learned something new, maybe it challenged you, but ultimately that it encouraged you and inspired you to dive even deeper into the richness of scripture. If the ministry of truth and grace or wonder by the word, the reading plan, the episode, all the resources have impact you in any way, would you please mind leaving a review, um, sharing this podcast with your friends, all of those little pieces of sharing and encouragement from your part go a long way to help the podcast get into further hands around the world so people can dive into scripture, engage with scripture on a more regular basis. You can also find us on Patreon, which would be a huge benefit to the ministry. And we just thank you so much for being a supporter. We'll see you next time.